0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Vendo Velocity. If you haven't listened in to Vendo Velocity before, we are your Amazon, Walmart, and TikTok shop growth podcast, talking all things strategic updates um, and platform updates as well. So today I have the very privilege of having someone new on our podcast who has somehow escaped joining me on these Um, for a little over a year now, I think, is what Ben has been here. But I will allow you, Ben, to go through a proper introduction of who you are, what you do here, um, and just your overall role at Vendo.
1: Yeah, so it's great to be on Vendo Velocity. So Ben Wilcox, I'm a Walmart account strategist. So my job is basically helping brands sell more on Walmart, improving their key metrics, all the scores and all that on site. Um, As far as kind of the introduction, ex-Walmart, dot-com replenishment so i was there for a couple years so i have the experience with walmart i was at wayfair because my true passion is any retailer whose name starts with a w so (laughs) i did that for a little bit and then also um, was at a small data broker so have some experience running businesses on the amazon side so it's kind of a holistic dot-com perspective which is what i bring to the table um i don't know fun facts i'm a pizza addict i guess that's kind of you know not that interesting but everyone is
0: new york or chicago pizza
1: New York, born and raised in New York. So I have to oh, say that thin Cross is the way to go.
0: Wait, but aren't you in Boston? Are, are you not a diehard Sox fan?
1: No. So the funny thing is I grew up and I hated two places in my life, um, which is not great to say on live internet, but New Jersey and Boston. I, for Walmart.com, I moved to New Jersey and now I'm up in Boston. So life kind of has a funny way of ha- making a joke out of something.
0: <laughs> there you go. We might have crossed paths then if you were in the Hoboken office out there. I mean, I know we didn't know each other, but I was there from 2019 to 2020. I don't know if there was some crossover there.
1: There would have been because I was there 2018 to 2020.
0: There we go. Well, Beautiful. yes, I'm sure the we power saw you at the velocity
1: water. bringing us together.
0: <laughs> there Physical you location
1: know. couldn't, but we got it online.
0: Perfect. No, well, hopefully sometime they'll be in person as well. But no, just diving into our topic today, we really want to um, just help our audience understand some of the synergies between brands' retail strategies as they're looking to launch on different platforms. So, looking at Amazon, Walmart, TikTok shop, um, the strategies are pretty different on each of the platforms. But when you're looking at how you're creating synergies for your overall business, there are definitely things you need to keep top of mind to make sure you're not cannibalizing. Any certain aspects of your business. So, Ben here, of course, primarily leading the front on the walmart.com side, has a wealth of knowledge and experience with some of these other retailers, as he's let us know today, and then also aligns very closely with a few of our account strategists on the Amazon um, side of our business, working closely to grow brands holistically um, on both Amazon and Walmart. So, A little bit um, into what we'll be discussing today, but let's dive into um, just understanding Ben's wealth of knowledge here. Um, Ben, talk a little bit about when you're looking at brand presence across both of these different marketplaces, does your brand consistency matter? Um, Should you have a very similar content pricing strategy um, across different retailers or how are you fine tuning those? Um, for each of the different retail platforms?
1: Yeah, so I think it matters in a couple different ways. The first is in the shopper experience. So we know, yes, about two thirds of shoppers start their experience at Amazon searching for a specific product. Another about a third on Walmart searching specifically, but about half of all e-commerce shoppers, they will start their journey on a search engine, um, typically Google. So when you're going ahead and you can type in whatever product you're looking for, let's say it's, I don't know, rubber duck, And you search that in Google, if I'm a brand that I sell that primarily, I want to make sure that the listing on Amazon and Walmart looks the exact same. So that way it generates this trust that the customer can see when they're having this generic search experience. It allows them to get the immediate trust in there and also makes it so you can understand and tell the brand story. Because, for example, my company, I'm not Walmart, I'm not Amazon, I'm representing myself, making sure we're doing the best we possibly can. So I want to present that out there. So the first thing is to kind of get the customer trust in that the brand is doing the right thing and saying all of this. The other thing is it helps you build up some credibility um, because you're showing consistency. It makes it so you're doing the very best. If you look the same on every single site, it makes it so it's easier for customers to find you. Um, and the last piece obviously is you're putting your best foot forward, no matter where you are. Um, we know that if you have your content A on Amazon, And there's something that doesn't look as great on Walmart. Well, Walmart's going to turn around and ask, why doesn't it look great here? So make sure that threefold, you are looking great across the board and making everyone happy.
0: I'm curious, Ben, how much have you seen when communicating directly with the merchants? Do they bring up listings on Amazon and use that as a baseline? Or do they typically not do as much competitive research?
1: No, it's an incredibly competitive landscape we're in. So yes, they are looking A merchant at Walmart is looking at Amazon to see, A, what items are there, but also how do the items look? Because that's a way to see your investment is by the content you're putting in. So that's something Walmart's very aware of. And we've seen that on Amazon as well, where they're scraping stuff that's on the Walmart site to make sure everything looks good. So it works both ways where they're making sure that they're very in tune with what the other side looks. And it can kind of help build that relationship because it shows We're invested across the board. There's not anyone we're skipping out of. It's not really something that's going to add too much to your relationship, but it can definitely be a detractant if one site is looking better than the other.
0: Absolutely. No, that's a great point. And Ben, it would be helpful because I know that Walmart is beta testing some different coupon opportunities, obviously something that Amazon has had for quite some time now, um, in terms of now, Amazon's actually launching a different coupon type in which you're able to target specific segments. So we would have uh, we had brand tailored promotions introduced to us a few months ago, but now we have more of an evergreen coupon that you can tailor for specific audiences. So it still has that typical 60 cent redemption fee, but you can get a lot more specific as far as both the targeting and the ASIN type. Now a limitation of brand tailored promotions, which is on the brand level. So that is very positive for the Amazon side of the business. But with Walmart now launching coupons, it will be interesting to see how pricing strategies develop, as I'm sure um, with the addition of these coupons, those algorithms are going to get a little bit smarter in terms of being able to track uh, coupons across different retailers. So Ben, can you Give us some insight into who are these coupons available to right now? Are they available across the board? 1P3P, how do those work?
1: Yeah, I think it's very interesting because you're talking there at the Amazon side, how it's just been released. And it's going to be interesting because typically what would happen is someone would take price action. For example, Target goes ahead and they will lower the price by about 4 bucks, And then Amazon will fall, Walmart will fall because they're going ahead doing scraping. So the benefit of this coupon is you can go ahead and hide the price a little bit. You can make it so if we're doing this $4 discount, that way it's not on the actual listing and product display page. It's at the actual checkout, which makes it so that way you're not going to see this price war and race to the bottom. The interesting Wait, so thing Ben,
0: are you saying that there's not like a widget on the PDP itself that shows the savings?
1: Not to my understanding. You can totally oh, correct me wow. if I'm wrong. But yeah, it's we've seen this kind of where the, you put the code in there. Um, okay, got it. So I think there's a definite benefit there. The other big piece is that we're seeing a lot of benefits. While Amazon will go ahead and price match to every competitor and walmart.com does the same, there's also making sure with Walmart that you're in line brick and mortar to stores. There's that kind of added element. If you have an item that's on the actual stores modular, you want to make sure .com you're doing the same thing and across the board. So it's kind of an added element that makes things a little bit interesting. We're seeing it kind of Roll out Walmart. We typically know they're a couple years behind where Amazon is with everything. They're starting to get this a little bit more launched online. We're seeing they're starting to roll out subscribe and save with a lot of items, particularly in the health and wellness sector that allows you to go ahead and get these benefits of having a c- continual order from your customers, as well as just the ability to do this with other kind of programs that as they continue to test it a little bit more.
0: So on Walmart.com specifically, is it if the brand is in stores, does the store side of the business always move first? Or is it going to be um, something where there can be a markdown on com? I'm just trying to understand when Amazon is matching, the com price would be the one that they had to match to. But does that mean that the store price is always in line or not?
1: So the actual logistics of it is it takes a lot more for a store price to move. If you think just about the actual time and effort com. You go ahead, you push two buttons and boom, a price is different online. Store, you have to go ahead and communicate this out to thousands of individual stores to get that going. And then you have to actually print the labels, get them out, put them on the aisles. So it just takes a lot about all of that. So yes, dot com will move a lot faster. What we will see is Walmart will want to move the mod items at the same time and almost the store modular be the leader of where the price is going. It's interesting. Amazon, they have built up a lot of their assortment on the breadth of the assortment is the strength. And they try to entice shoppers by having all these deals, discounts, coupons, price action. Walmart, their tagline is save money and look better. They want to win with everyday low prices, where essentially they can't take a lot of price action, especially for the modular items. So when they will do something, they want to lead it in the store and have .com follow. .com makes up a lot, not as much of a percentage as the store in Units, so they want that one to kind of lead on the side. And it's interesting because to your point of which one will follow, we'll see the store's items online will match to Amazon. But typically, you're already getting the lowest price because that's the way Walmart's
0: negotiated it. Right. Yep, yeah, absolutely. Which then... Um, leads to some challenges on the Amazon side of the business too, because it's all a war of who moved first. Um, Yeah, it becomes
1: a really fun case.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, exactly. No, those are all great insights, Ben. Thank you. Um, Now let's shift a little bit over to some of the main pitfalls that brands face when they're attempting to synchronize their strategies overall on these different retailers. What are some common misconceptions? Um, What can brands kind of what can you help them understand of what they should be looking out for as well?
1: Yeah. I think what we typically think and get kind of caught up in is believing that the shopper online is the same. Basically if they're going to Walmart, Amazon, or wherever, they just shop the same. It's just a human. And I think what kind of we've understand and learned as people kind of figure out their lanes and what works best is there's actually a couple different demographics you're hitting. Amazon tends to be a slightly older um, shopper and everything, and they will spend a little bit more um, typically over $100. Walmart, we're seeing actually a lot more of the younger generation come in. And part of that is there's the speed of pickup delivery um, and all that, but also they will spend less per visit. So you, with this difference in shopper, you have to react different ways. So on Amazon, for example, we had one brand approach us and they said, hey, Amazon, we're seeing a lot of benefits of our branded search term. So this is a trademark term where you own it. It's a term that only you really have. Um, And they were seeing a lot of benefit on Amazon. They said, why aren't we seeing, like, this is where we need to invest all of our money on Walmart. Put it all into these branded terms. This is what people are doing. They're coming and they're looking for us. Well, on Walmart, we found out that it was a little bit more of a generic search. Customers were looking for the broad terms of the items. So that focused us to where we had to say, no, the strategy on Amazon, it doesn't necessarily relate here. Yes, Amazon, people are looking for the specific product in this instance, but Walmart, we need to go and attack more broadly. So the main pitfall that you'll find is people thinking that it's just copy and paste across the board. The assortments can be different. Um, Like I mentioned, Amazon, they want to do more price action, kind of get the deals. Walmart, they want the lower priced items. But there are a lot of things that are similar that you can use both. Um, For example, half of the country shops on Walmart or Amazon. They own up a huge percentage of the market share. You get customer data there both from interaction, as well as just customer feedback and ratings and reviews. And you get the chance to implement that into your business. So while yes, the strategy may not be the same, you understand your customers at a whole different level because it's just such a broad
0: reach. That's a great point. And we'll speak on that point in a bit. Oh, I jumped the gun a little bit there. No, no, you said a lot there and it was great. I just want to back up a little bit because I think it would surprise a lot of people that Walmart has a younger customer base. I think a lot of the time people might think that Oh, Walmart can only appeal to the um, the older demographic. But really, when you're looking at proximity, shipping speed, et cetera, those are, again, all of what you're saying, Ben, where walmart.com has the upper hand, where Walmart as an ecosystem has the upper hand, because they're able to leverage their stores. Um, so that's really something that I think is a huge misconception. And then secondly, on some of the branded searches, I want to talk a little bit about Um, how long tail you see specific keywords on walmart.com. Because for Amazon, um, within a given category, you'll see that there's actually pretty substantial search for some of these long tail keywords, which maybe are like five to six words long. Um, And you can really see that the customer is using Amazon as a search engine, similarly to how they would use Google. Um, Are you seeing that on the walmart.com side, or is it mainly some of the large High volume keywords are, you know, one to two to three, maybe um, main keywords within that keyword.
1: Yeah, it's interesting to see what Walmart's doing on search and kind of where they're headed. We saw at, in Vegas, at the Consumer Electronics Summit this past, you know, at the beginning of the year, Walmart announced that they were using AI more in their search. Um, and Doug McMillon, the CEO of Walmart, he stood up there and he gave the example of, okay, the Super Bowl's coming up in a couple weeks. Let me go ahead and type in Super Bowl party and see what comes up. And it gave you all these great responses of different items that you could use for the party. It had your drinks, it had your plates, it had your decorations, everything you could imagine. And that seems to be what Walmart is leaning into. They're leaning into your point Delaney, more of the long tail search where it's, let's go ahead and have people come and We want it to be treated more as a search engine where you can do something generic and then find the best item. And I think that actually ties into a little bit of what you were talking about the first part where the differences between Walmart and Amazon, where typically we think walmart.com is just the .com side, but Walmart is so much more than that, especially from a chopper experience, where Walmart wants you to go after, find the item you want, and then be able to get it how you want it, whether it's pick up in two days, whether it's find the cheapest option that they have available in the marketplace or drive to your local and pick it up. So I think what we're seeing is Walmart is leaning into more long tail search terms because they want customers to be able to interact and find the items no matter how they're doing, where it's coming off of less, hey, you want product A, go find product A. It's no, I have an idea of what I need. Let's fill in the gaps.
0: No, that's a great point. Um, and it's great to see that they're evolving in somewhat of a similar way too, both from a generative AI standpoint. Amazon a couple weeks ago announced Rufus. So I know that Walmart had a bit of the upper hand there in terms of when they announced it at CES, but it seems like they're both on the same path in terms of making sure that AI is a priority in meeting the shopper um, where the shopper is. So those are all great points, Ben. And then I uh, just want to go back again to your data analytics um, call out there. When you mentioned using Amazon and Walmart for market research against each other, um, inform our audience. You, you mentioned reviews and customer feedback, but really like on a more granular level, what does that process look for you? Let's say... You get a, a brand on your book of business and um, you're told that, hey, we're already working with these guys on Amazon. What are some things that you would work with the Amazon account strategist on the vendor side on understanding so that you have a, a solid roadmap and now understand what is the trajectory of this brand and really what are my priorities for this brand, specifically on Walmart?
1: Yeah, I think the first thing that you do when you get a brand that's already been working on Amazon it's figure out, hey, what are the top items that are working? What are the A items? You do a little bit of ABC analysis. What are the items that make up, you know, the top 80%, the top 15% in the last five? Um, so that way you can go ahead and understand which are the items that are really moving the needle. The other piece is, you know, we talked about with search, understanding the terms that are actually resonating. Because sometimes you'll be caught off guard and be like, oh, that's one I would have never associated. Um, and we talk, you kind of mentioned it a little bit of understanding the customer sentiment. So the nice thing is, I remember when I was a kid, if I wanted to go ahead and buy a product, I would ask my friends, be like, hey, what do you think of this toy? Is this something I'm going to want on my holiday wish or ask for my birthday or something? And I would ask whatever friend I could find that already had it. The nice thing about now on Amazon and Walmart is they have this asking your friends already there with reviews and ratings. So I can find out, oh, this is an item that has four stars on Amazon, a thousand reviews. Let me go ahead and see what our customers actually saying. And it can kind of help, especially with product development because you're understanding and hearing directly from your customers, what are they liking about the products? Because we know the people that typically put reviews are the ones that have the incredible experience on the good side or incredible on the bad. So that's something where we can immediately know, hey, what are they saying? And then I think as far as taking things over to Walmart, then you can understand, okay, here's the items that are doing really well from a sales standpoint. Here's the items the customer is interacting with really, really strongly. Now, as we approach Walmart, which once again, they want something holistic, something they can do well online and in stores, you now have a complete story of this is what I need from a sales standpoint, from a customer standpoint, and something that can be really beneficial to the business in both avenues.
0: Absolutely. So it's again, just added product research and then can do the same thing with your competitors. Um, that's something that we'll also recommend is let's understand maybe where the weaknesses come in the competitive landscape. That way we can make sure that we're clarifying those points of weakness in our listing if they are a strength compared to some of those competitors. And then of course, just using some third party external tools like Picfu has really great surveying results in which you're able to test for Um, different packaging updates. So as Ben is saying, from a product development standpoint, you can get a ton of information before you can even launch a product, looking at what the competitor's data shows, also what PickFu shows, and being able to nail that down to the specific demographic that you're looking at there. The one advantage that I would say, and some might call it a disadvantage on Walmart.com just due to the trust of the reviews is the fact that you can syndicate directly from your DTC site. So Ben, can you kind of inform our audience of, of what that means and why that gives brands an upper hand as well?
1: Yeah. So it is something where customers, they might feel a little bit deceived, but to your point first of what it is. So let's, if I'm a brand and I have my own actual site where I sell the items and everything, customers are writing reviews there. The What Walmart allows you to do is now bring all those reviews onto walmart.com. So if someone left a five-star review on my site and I want to show up on Walmart, I have the ability to do that and bring that over. So some of the complaints that customers have is, oh, this is something that, you know, it's not a genuine review. It's brought over. It's fabricated. There's actually a lot of benefit on it because the analogy I brought of asking your friends about a toy, you're now asking a lot more people about it and it's giving you an additional pool. Walmart, we know they love their metrics, they love their data. And one of the things that they say is products have to meet a certain rating and review threshold, particularly now to get launched in stores. So brands will use this as a way to get that review count up. But from a customer side of things, it actually allows you to see a little bit more of what people are saying without actually having to do the research. I don't need to go on to anyone's website to see it. It's all right there. So that's a benefit.
0: No, that's great. Does that ratings and review threshold vary by category or is there some general baseline that sellers should take into account?
1: There's a general baseline that they'll say it's typically they want a 4.5 star rating. And then sometimes the number of review, typically 25 is the safe number. It does depend by actual aisle, category and merchant, um, how they'll do it because some you need a ton of reviews and some it's so seasonal that they know you're never going to get it in time or launch it. So it really is just something that it's going to depend, but it's one of those things to keep in mind, like how am I using all of this data that I have, whether it's from Amazon um, with everything there, whether it's from my own D2C site and making sure that I'm bringing it to the table and utilizing it as best as possible, because this is stuff I put all my work to. So I've already done the work of making good content. I've already done the work of making sure my items have all of this great range review customer experience. Let's actually use it now. So we're getting the most, you know, return on our investment there.
0: No, that's a great point. And then my very last question for you, just kind of um, putting this all together is how do you think retailers can adapt their strategies and stay competitive within the space?
1: Yeah, I think the biggest thing is it's kind of we're at a time when there's a ton of data. I mean, we both mentioned AI. AI is just taking a lot of data and giving you an answer. And so there's a lot out there. And I think the people that are going to win are the ones that are early to the trends, but actually letting the trends materialize. Because too often we'll see there'll be a down sales week and suddenly it's all panic and everything. Well, we don't know until there's been a couple other weeks, was that just a miss or was that an actual trend? So I think being cautiously optimistic when things happen, you're able to go ahead and actually see and build up the trend and react. For example, if I have a down sales week, well, I know to keep a tab on this for next week. And if it's two down weeks, then start to adjust my inventory strategy. So kind of understanding when should there be an alarm and when should there be action. The other thing is look at things holistically. Yes, Walmart and Amazon have different customer bases. Yes, there are nuances to working on each site. But if I see something really going crazy and the sales going through the roof on Amazon, well, why is Walmart lagging and understanding that story? So if you're able to kind of let the data tell you what's going on and use the different resources you have to build a trend, but also look at things holistically it'll allow you to make sure that you're kind of at the forefront of what's happening in the market and not being left behind.
0: Absolutely. And to further speak on Ben's point, a lot of these third party tools now really lay out like what the demand trends look like on Amazon and Walmart side by side, right next to each other. So you can see for that given week how um, certain keywords are trending and you can understand, okay, did I drive external traffic to maybe Amazon or Walmart, one or the other? Did that have any cannibalization on the other retailer, or did it have a halo impact and drive further sales um, for the the main traffic source there? So, luckily, as Ben was saying, working with Vendo specifically, where our teams are so integrated, it's easy to get those insights on different retailers. But there's also a ton of third party tools um, where you could get a pretty high level um, grasp on on how certain businesses are trending there as well. But Ben. It's always a pleasure speaking with you. I think um, as far as Vendo Velocity goes, the fact that this will be the first time, but definitely not the last is what I'm thinking right now. So uh, thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Thanks for having me. Glad I'll get an invite back.
0: (laughs) There we go. Thanks everyone for tuning in and we'll see you all next week. Have a great day.